0: Hello and welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast. I am Giles Alderson. This is part two of the Stolen Special with our fantastic team, Gillian McGregor, Emily Corcoran and Neil Johnson. Joining us is my co-host, Christian James. We're just going to jump straight in. This is fantastic. Enjoy. Thank you, Giles.
1: That's amazing. How have you been doing? What have you been doing? Good. Um, I have been... So I've been doing a series of... uh like little mini ads for, for a, should we say a major high street store without, we don't advertise. not advertise. Tesco? Yeah, comes. yeah, okay, Tesco. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's the cast of children. So, as we talked about before on previous mm-hmm. podcasts, I have a double life as a, I direct, tend to direct horror, horror comedy, and then I'm not doing that. The day job is directing kids, sports stars, generally that. It's, it's very strange new end of the spectrum. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Adverts rather than just directing kids.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I just go to. I just turn a school <laughs> playground. <laughs> yes. I'm,
2: I'm going, going to direct
1: you now. I love telling, just do this, kid. Yeah, just tell kids what to do. It's Good. Uh, a great past. But no, so I've been doing that. Yep. And then Fanged Up is, is kind of. We're on that sort of strange uh, exit ramp now. So the film, mm. there was all that sort of panic to get it finished for Fright Fest in August. That got done. It yep. had yep. its sort of like. Uh, uh, as i say, well, well, yeah, world, world premiere, premier, but it's sort of a weird kind of like, it was a strange world premiere slash testing ground. You know, how is it going to go down? Yeah. Um, but then there's, there's all talk, there's. Talks of deals and blah blah blah. Love that. I don't really. I just love keep well out of deals. It. So it's gone very quiet now, and and as okay. of the, yeah, this time last year, it's ramping up to make a new feature. It's exciting mm-hmm. now. Like uh, I'm sort of wondering in the of, wilderness, like, like a hobo. What's next, yeah. Of of you know, um, where am I going now? Then. Um, well, know. I. Yeah. Oh no. So, a sec- <laughs> <half> second. <laughs> yeah. Go Charles, on. what are you been up to? Why? Thanks for asking, Christian. No worries.
0: Um, I'm doing the dare pickups, the final bit of pickups, and I'm going over there for post production. To lock my film. It's very exciting. I can't wait. Going over back to Bulgaria, sing on my team. Gerald Butler will be there. I'm oh. Doing pickups back on wow. Hunter Killer. Uh, he's
1: not on your film. He's just there he's, on another
0: he's film. He's just oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: um, I mean, you'll it, hunt him out. Yes, I yeah.
0: will hunt him out. And Hellboy's filming as Maybe he could do well. some
3: ADR for you or something. Just yeah, just go, like, yeah. yeah. Something like
0: that. Really deep and
1: yeah. um, excellent. So thanks for joining us, yeah, guys. thanks so much. So, and uh, okay. tune in next week sure. for uh, but, yeah, more. Cheers, be cheers, not. Yeah, cheers Bye-bye. Good.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: it was nice hearing your story. Yeah, Thanks <laughs> for coming, guys. great you
2: that.
4: That's so funny to hear that big list of credits. You know, Masaka and yeah. Chips. So how me and Em met, mm. this was like 10 years ago. And I was helping cast a film I was working on at the time called Father's Day with um, Will Gilby, which yes. was great. And we needed um, the mum for the little boy. And I saw Emily's Showreel and it was just perfect. And I remember it was super, a super quick casting process. And it was that film that got you cast in Father's Day, which is how we met oh, and how, how ago we ago all met. But was it was then? a comedy. I know but there was but
0: back then you were funny yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> but there was it was that mixed in with your other work in context that made it clear that you were very an ex- well you were an excellent
3: actress what, made so...
1: you, what was the common bond between you guys um, you?
3: well Jill and I just I think probably because we wore a number of hats we kind of connected because we both wrote we both were in production teams she, Jill hates it I mean I hate producing but she mm. really hates it so she doesn't do it you know? I'm not very good at it um, mm. she is good at it she just doesn't like it um, and then there was <laughs> (laughs) was the acting bit too so we kind of clicked because um both of us love acting the most Mm -hmm. i think that was a common denominator but we were creating our own stuff and then neil i just really liked him
0: that's a nice way to do it though well, isn't, isn't it nice we, way were to the... we were introduced
3: by the exec producer Julia Palau who had
5: mm-hmm. produced Keeping Mum yeah right um, okay and before that she was J&M Entertainment yeah. the sales and, agents and
3: oh yeah she, they, she... To go guy, so they still in no, those guys are they no not J&M
5: no
1: just yeah. a separate entity that's not important it's name, just J Just J and then <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: So and and she said to me, um, I'd I'd had a director drop out, another established director, and um, but he was a little bit old, right? And and Julia said, you know, I think you need a young buck.
2: I think (laughs) you way back then I was. I yeah. think you
3: need somebody enthusiastic who'll really get on board and and help drive it forward. And and that was very much the case. And boy, was I so lucky that he was willing to be on board because he was on board for six years. <laughs> wow. that
0: was incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and didn't you guys make the fight room together as a, yes. a short mm-hmm. film? Yeah. Okay, tell us about that. How did that come about?
4: Well. I have always been interested in action cinema and whenever my husband as you know Mike Fury is a, a, an action cinema nut so and he's very
0: good at it by the way he's yeah, a brilliant no, choreographer and stunt he um, cool
4: we have basically we have this wall at home a DVD wall that is literally covered with mm. his like Steven Seagal films I mean it's, well, it's crazy never mind so down.
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah anyway, people so liked him um, a minute ago yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> so moving on from that um, I always wanted to do some action bits and I'd written Hit Girls which had gone really well um, which Joey
0: Answer as well. Oh, Joey, right? yeah, yeah, so that's how I met
4: Joey on mm-hmm. Hit Girls and he choreographed it and it was my first experience of a real, uh, action scene and I, I loved it. So the fight room came about where I had this idea about female fighters who had been kidnapped and forced to fight in an underground tournament and, um, I'd written a, an extremely violent, <laughs> 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 um, like half a feature really but I, things take so much time, like, if you're going to get something made, you really need to be fully into it. And it, it just, other things in my life were going on. And then um, I mentioned it to Emily, who loved it, who then mentioned it to Neil, who also loved it. And then together we wrote um, a pilot script. So
3: we did. And it, um, it came out fairly well, actually. We got into the New York Television Festival. Great. It.
0: Can people watch this film now? Is it online? Only
3: on Vimeo. You can watch it. Okay. It's on our websites. It's on everyone's websites. It's on the Cork Films website, corkfilms.co.uk.
0: Yeah, and I'll put all the links to this in the show notes, so just click on those as well. Neil, let's talk about your start, because you did The Big Swap, um, which is a feature film about swinging
5: yeah wife swapping yeah yeah
0: how did that come about well that
5: came <laughs> about as a result of trying to find the script that i could raise money to direct that, exactly. that would Perfect. not prevent other people from saying no mm-hmm. um actually the first film i directed was a horror film called dawn as in oh. as in the sunrise rather than sharon um it <laughs> was about vampires um it was a vampire kind of love story um, love vampires we've all yeah, made a that Giles. Five, both ah, we've recently, many vampires. More, me, more
1: recently but, yeah, yeah, but vampires. i made that in
5: 91 I made it for about ten grand, and at the time, Kim Newman said it was the best horror movie shot on video that he'd ever seen. And then they go and fucking well, make Blair Witch Project, yeah. so that probably threw oh, really? that out
1: of the yeah. water. So, oh, yes, so, what do you shoot on and, and have that come up? Just very, very—I know, can know, imagine it was this is a highly whole...
5: embarrassingly shitty, probably actually. It was it was Beta? It was Camp. Mm. it was um uh and it was uh high band umatic back in the days i was making so i graduated from bristol university in the mid 80s mm-hmm. went into training films and industrial films plowed that money back realized i was shit at shorts right. i just okay. couldn't make shorts they turn into bad jokes right. so I, I i wrote dawn as this 75 80 minute uh, vampire romance and made a feature length It for about 10 15 grand like i say it got well received and jonathan ross liked it at the time when he was just beginning to start out love it and i got a few screenings but it, it was clear it could go nowhere but it kind of, I had British Screen, which at that time was the, like, the Creative England. Yeah, the you had them saying, the Make a few more of these, and then sooner or later we have to take you seriously. Which is a bit like someone saying, <laughs> we're not taking you seriously <laughs> until you do more. Um, and I wrote uh, a number of horror movies after that. And White Noise came out of ideas I'd had since I was about 18 years old. That I was starting to pull out these ideas and go, well, oh, I'll write that.
1: Yeah.
5: And the horror films I was writing just got too big. But a guy called Vic Bateman, who was Victor Film. Yeah, Victor Film. Yes, yeah, yeah Victor yeah. Film. He, he looked at uh, Dawn, and he, he was a real champion of mine, actually. He was just saying, you've got to write smaller if you want to direct them. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a, a horror movie that was too big,
2: mm-hmm.
5: a horror movie that wasn't as big and got more character-based. Okay. And that's where the big swap, which is a long way of from where the big swap came from. Okay. It was more character-based, and I got obsessed with the characters rather than the horror. Um, and I began to realise, actually, I could do that. I could write character as well. And then I'd had the idea uh, of a wife swap. I had an idea actually, a film about relationships falling apart and also an idea about a group of people who think they can wife swap because they're all friends, but they think got, that's the safety net. Sure. But In fact, it's what pushes them apart. And I thought, I'll put those two together. And Reservoir Dogs had been released and that the shock of the violence and stuff. And I thought, I'm going to try and do that 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 kind of attitude, but with sex. So the idea with Big Swap was to have something that people will think <laughs> they've seen everything happen, and they haven't. It's all, you know, everyone's naked in between the sex act, but in those days the sex act had to be quite restricted because it was made in the mid-90s. Um, but that itself took... My life savings, my now wife's life savings, cast and crew deferrals—it was scary. It was scary. Really? Got three credit card applications land on my doorstep at once, and I actually <laughs> thought, "I wonder if I fill them in at the same time instead of oh, I got three credit cards, I couldn't oh, wow. couldn't afford to pay them. It was scary. Yeah. It got picked up by a, a sales agency, Mia Bays, who mm-hmm. uh, she, she works yeah. at that sales agency, Mayfair Entertainment. They sold the film to Film Four when Mick Southworth was at Film. She's 4 She's now at
3: Film London. I think, yeah, Mia actually. Bays,
5: yeah, yeah. big name in independent mm-hmm. cinema and and especially mm-hmm. championing women's mm. cinema um but mayfair entertainment went bust just as the film was being released so Brilliant. you you saw and it got picked up by media. but you saw i saw the career of a movie get very affected by the business mm. of film okay. um but it kind of got me a bit noticed mm-hmm. um and uh it got theatrically released uh, it Amazing. got banned in Singapore because of pubic hair which is great that was a bit of a fuss <laughs> because of yes. pubic hair yes because of pubic hair not, not literally there was an accidental pubic hair there no hair in the gate in that regard that uh, and also it was um, the BBFC had to screen it three times because they were convinced they could see a hard-on and penetration which they absolutely couldn't <gasps> but we didn't we didn't disabuse them of that notion mm-hmm. because it got talked
1: about that there's this film that they had to screen three times maybe they just got really around their own hard-on <laughs> yes
3: exactly Exactly. <laughs>
1: Maybe around the time, but you had what was it? The Kerry Russell. You had a few around that time. Yes, was, just uh, shortly. Nine songs shortly you know, afterwards. Nine yeah, which was like winter bottom. Yeah, yeah. From, yeah.
5: I think they they pushed sex in cinema that far. I mean, a Big Swap was just before them. We were actually toying with a prosthetic kind yeah. of hard on or something, and then we kind of even <laughs> that might have been risky. And then yeah. suddenly. Um, you were toying suddenly. with the
3: Kevin, ha-
2: a hard <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Howards, Howard. Kevin Howard was in the yes, film. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and he was
5: in uh, *Against the Gravel Lodge* as well. Um, so that was the that was the first adventure. We got some doors open, but uh, I think because of the nature of the film and the fact that it, it pretty much had an unknown cast, it was hard to push. But it kind of, you know, it did its bit, and then it sort of disappeared. And after that, it was it was back to trying to find the, the piece that would knock a few more. It was constantly the doors open, they close again, they open again. Did
0: it not? Give, did it open the doors to an agent? Did it open the doors to? It more did at the time.
5: Uh, no, not not initially but luckily uh, one of the guys who funded it noel cronin um who was dandelion distribution and then renowned pictures he funded ghost of Greville lodge mm-hmm. as a tv movie okay uh a 250 grand tv movie and it had george cole and Prinella scales mm-hmm. and his biggest advice it was a ghost story traditional haunted house family haunted house story about three weeks before the uh, or the prep began he actually said could you set this at christmas because i think if we set it at christmas it'll always be on Every Christmas. Christmas, which it is. Mm. I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's just screened on Channel Five. I've just my oh, I've just seen it at me. Christmas time. Yeah, 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 and he was dead right. So just just quickly rebooting a few scenes, grabbed to be a Christmas, Christmas tree, if yeah, yeah. Liked. Had a had a creepy bit with some baubles falling off because of a ghost, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, Ma- yeah. made something of Christmas actually within the ghostlessness of the story. Mm-hmm. It absolutely has meant it's it's sold all the time. and It's never been off the screens at Christmas. Fantastic. Didn't do Shane Black any harm.
1: So you know, yeah, exactly. So there he goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, we 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 start with our second feature. We it, it was always always set at Christmas. That's the point of it. But again, it's always now. On TV at Christmas, sure. so kind of kept it. Yeah, yeah zombie yeah. comedy also. Yeah, yeah. So
4: Season. the fight room at Christmas.
5: Yeah, yes, that's it. we done.
1: Uh, I think. I think actually, it's all your scripts from now
5: yeah, on. Always
4: and at Christmas or Easter.
5: Open on. Christmas. Well, I'm working, <laughs> on, a, <laughs> working yeah. on a romantic comedy script. My agent just the other day said, you should try and plug Christmas in there because rom coms at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. actually, it's just
1: it's just yeah. just print yeah. the money mm-hmm. and every the year. holiday yeah. as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite like all of them. There seems to be this notion that if you get an agent, you break. You know, you You make a film, you break through, you get an agent, you're done. It's not that simple. No. Uh,
5: the agent I have now is not the agent I had then, I would just say. Um, but I won't mention any names. But no, it didn't. It, I think with an agent, it's weird. In LA uh, versus Britain, in LA, you have managers who take care of your career. And when you're writing a spec script, they're almost like a development team and they'll give you notes and that they'll, they'll see you through thick and thin and you'll speak with them every week. Mm-hmm. In LA, you get an agent and it's only if you've got heat under you that they can do anything for you. Mm, in right. Britain, I always think that British agents are more like a mixture of managers and agents. But you still need to have the heat and it's that horrible vicious circle Mm. they can help get you to places they can help get you in front of people i'm i'm lucky i'm really fortunate white noise is a massive break keeping mum was another massive break and i've got enough credits either side of those two including stolen a mum's list where there's a there's a you know you have to have that little bit of credibility i guess for them to get you through the door but then you've got to do the rest of the work and And they can only do so much. And I think the frustrating thing when you're starting out is you do believe that you get an agent and they're going to find you work. But they've also got other people on their books who are maybe more fitted to that project. Mm -hmm. And if you're someone who's writing your own material or, or devising your own material somehow, they've got to, they've got to come out, someone shepherd you through that development process. Um, and hope that you come out with something that they can actually market, even just as an agent. It's all about you have to create your own value that they then can spend on, on your behalf. And that can get
1: really frustrating. You can you can spend a lot of time, energy, or that's what I say to people, you spend a lot of energy chasing an agent. Why don't you just take that energy and, and go out and make something? Make something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If, yeah. If yeah. You, you know, they'll, yeah. when you need one, they'll probably yes. be there. In, yeah. you know,
3: Interestingly, from a producerial point of view, mm. I respond much better to the director getting in touch with me directly. Yeah. Mm. Um, but okay. I'm very small. Um, in comparison to, I suppose, bigger production companies that need more to filter because they're like working title, mm. whatever they're doing no, yes, all it. the time. Mm. I would also say, absolutely, for directors, particularly if they're creating their own work and writing and stuff, it is completely different to if you're an actor.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
3: um, and uh, I'm just not sure. Aside from making sure your deal's really good as well and doing the legals for you, so you don't have to worry about it. I just until, unless you were just absolutely huge, I just don't know how much difference it made. Yes, after, after White
5: Noise, when I'd written White Noise and it was being... And the
3: writing. You yes. Got it, the writing inside yeah. ed- yeah,
5: ed- was yeah. that's that's really a tiered mm-hmm.
1: system and you've got to like, yeah. make sure payments come out. I and mean, the writing yes. makes sense, of yes.
2: course.
5: Yes. Yeah, I, think- I, I, I got managers in LA as a result of the script of White Noise and they introduced me to a load of agents who then, I picked an agency, Paradigm, in LA, they then got me in front of all the studios and there was heat because mm-hmm. White Noise was had been bought by Gold Circle, it was going to be in production a few months later and i i experienced that fierce heat yeah. for about a year um either side of white noise being made and were you prepped
1: was... do you have other scripts lined up as they always say you should oh. do <sighs> that's so hard yeah. Yeah.
5: i didn't and it really ah. backfired i didn't if i'd have had another horror spec because white noise is a spec script yeah, that, yeah. The, the gold circle if i'd had another horror spec um it would have sold for quite a chunk of money oh, yeah that and, was and, and thing having
1: happened, something you should have called written, me so,
0: yes <laughs> I'd, yeah, I'd have yeah. gone halves. <laughs> you know, and I
5: didn't, I, I had ideas. In fact, well, I pitched an idea, I, I was commissioned to write a reincarnation thriller based on a pitch of mine. It wasn't a script though, but I, uh, Universal hired me to write that mm-hmm. and it's sitting on a shelf somewhere. Um, but that was one of my ideas and it was when my manager said that, well, have you got another one? It's like, yeah, but I mean, could you write it? And I tried, but I was really busy with keeping mum starting to come to life. Yeah, And then my other big lesson was at the point when uh, White Noise was released... Um, and it did really well. It was January, and it did incredibly well. Good surprise the hit, UK. was it? I remember
1: it being a uh, not. Yeah. It was a sort of a sleeper hit, I suppose. Well, it was, because so no, no yeah.
5: not many films were released in January. It was known as The Graveyard. Mm. And Paul Brooks of Gold Circle Films, to his credit, thought, I'm going to slip in white noise here. And it changed release patterns. The, the January sort of horror release uh, was actually started by white noise. And it, at the time, it broke a box office record in wow. the US. It's been mm. superseded pretty swiftly, but it did for, like, non-sequel uh, kind of January and release. It stole the
1: thunder of that Kevin Costner... Uh, what, uh, Kevin Costner, uh, Tom Shadyak film, wasn't it? Yes, the horror. yes. It sort of... God, oh, what's that well, yeah, but I remember mean it kind of, it yeah, kind of came it, in and yes, yeah, stole their it's thunder. Across,
5: I think there were a few, few actors circling White Noise for exactly that reason. There was a point, uh, the kind of, the, you know, this is the, the healthily middle-aged actor yep. getting a career revival. <laughs> but it was being released <laughs> when I was very busy shooting Keeping Mum. Right. That was the other interesting thing about career pattern and I could, I had to say no to all the horror scripts that I was offered to rewrite in in LA because That's I was busy right. shooting <sighs> *Keeping up. And it only takes about five, six, seven, eight months for them to go. Well, you're saying no to everything. We yeah. one. Well, what
1: kind of stuff were you offered? offered? Can you you know what kind of stuff? The you...
5: Fog, uh, wow. rewrite *The Fly*, uh, yeah, a new version of *The Fly*, which I did toy with. Um, the White Noise sequel, which I then didn't uh, get involved in. Oh, I can't remember about two
1: or three others, yeah. but I, I wrote for. But tempted? It, it, did you come close to any? Any point? Do
5: you sort of think... um, well, the fly I was I was dallying with because I was looking at macro and nanotechnology and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean literally, I was having to turn him down because we were we were starting the shoot of Keeping Mum a month after the. The release of white noise. Wow! Well, okay. So I was getting a flurry of offers and just had to say,
3: I, I can't. I'm, oh, I'm doing gosh. something. Wow. You must have just wanted to shoot yourself. And, yeah. then, and then they said,
5: Well, have you got? Well, have you managed to write another spec, another horror yeah, spec? Because yeah. it could. No, I've been busy prepping Keeping Mum, and I was like the big,
0: big, big, big list. And it's a totally different genre as well. Yeah, which confuses the industry because it's like, okay, and oh, yeah. then you
5: get offered lots of crappy comedies because ah. they go, he's a comedy guy now because of Keeping Mum. Um, That's interesting.
0: Yeah. And, and, and but now you've got to that point where surely people go, well, actually, he's just a director in his own <laughs> well, right. Well, they
3: should do. <laughs> Look, he's just done a Western. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You need to tick every box. <laughs> That's every true. I'd say I,
5: I hit a wilderness, though. I'd say after mm-hmm. Keeping Mum, about two or three years, there were a couple of projects that fell through. The credit crunch killed a couple. Okay. Um, and I turned down a lot of comedies because my taste in comedies, I suppose, is a bit more specific and then began to realise, actually, when you turn something down, maybe you use this kind of way of turning something down that keeps you in. The project, and I gradually learnt to say, I really like the idea, I would want to approach it in a completely
1: That's different clear. way. He talked about this mm. in a, a bit recently in a similar kind of way. Like, you know, you feel I think film school breeds this kind of like your director for hire type stuff, which yeah. we both experienced quite recently. Yeah. And it's quite interesting to say, actually, you know, I turned a few things down, but maybe I should have found something in it. I could have looked at it.
5: I, because that's what, that's what I started to, when I'd say to someone, I really love the idea, to a producer, I really love the idea, but I'd want to restart with a script. Mm. I can stop there, or I can then tell you what, uh, what my, concerns were and, and, and they go yeah go on then and if we had that conversation the amount of times i said so would you be considering to, to give it a go and if we can get some development money mm-hmm. I was like shit why didn't i do that for the first three years yeah, yeah, of sure. saying no so i definitely hit that wilderness period for a good few years where you're off every radar i was writing all mm-hmm. the time i was lucky enough to, to be paid to write so i was earning a living and have done since um, since just before white noise i guess um but but it's tough and I think, you know, you go into, you come out of film school and everyone wants to be like a Tarantino, you want to be an auteur, you sure, want to have sure. a brand to your name, and then gradually you realize you just want to tell stories in film form or televisual form. Mm-hmm. And that means you should be more flexible and should sometimes be for hire. Um, mm-hmm. and actually the fight room, going back to that, was an opportunity where it was very much, it was very much you guys, very much Emily and, and Gillian. I thought here's a chance to come in. And obviously the director's privilege is to have some say over the script and how it shapes up, but to kind of go, what did you, what did you guys want? with this mm, yeah. and I'll deliver it in a professional. it's the first time I'd done that ah, i have always okay. written stuff and I've obviously the stolen we were working on together but mm-hmm. but that was in development it wasn't mm-hmm. happening this was a chance to come in quite late in the process it felt like with the fight room
4: what happened and just, so quick did not yes, it yeah, point, so. Yeah. so it was like
5: a mini version of being that for hire someone else's vision but just trying to deliver it mm, yeah. professionally you know, and pull it off. Mm -hmm. And that was really good. Not because, therefore, you're less responsible. You're utterly responsible still, but it just came from a different place, and it was a a good way of trying that out, actually. I thoroughly enjoyed it.
2: There you go. Really
0: thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: We need to jump back to some more... Origin stories as well, don't
0: we? So let's jump back to oh, sisterhood gosh, then. Was yeah. sister was your first one, right? No, I oh, produced oh, wow.
1: lots of short films ah, okay. before then. Um, and was it was it a, as it as an actor mm. producing to sort of like produce to be in? To, them. P- yeah, yeah but became and actually became good producers because they ended up trying to make stuff and to be an actually. Like, oh, actually, yeah, I'm quite we're good pointing. Yeah. pointing, yeah. pointing. Yeah. So, and that's a a, you, you very, I mean, <laughs> people in film school they all want to be directors. Yeah. yeah, you know, they don't grow up dreaming of being a producer, but because it I think, sucks. It does. It sucks. My oh, dads always go, what does a producer do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. We go, what does they, a producer do? They ask do? me what I do. No one's like, well, how do you do? Um, I don't know myself. Just point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I just direct point. children. My wife <laughs> across <Rich> the road <laughs> says she says, all you do is you go somewhere for a day and you just point at things. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I was like uh, yeah, yeah, this yeah whenever she's come to hard, set that's it? what yeah. she's seen yeah, <laughs> over, there, yeah. Point, point, <laughs> over there point yeah. Point. over there point 20 and I was like yeah I guess that's as simple as my job is um, so it was a, it was that sort of like right I need to be in some things I'll, I'll, I'll so you became a producer by Yeah, I mean, um,
3: the initial thing that happened was I, during drama school, I'd had a holiday job that a temp agency had put me into in a corporate video company. And I literally was making tea. I mean, literally, that was all I was doing or stapling things. And then I I came in, I was 18 or whatever. And they said, Oh, the production manager's sick. So you're doing it. (laughs) And I said, what are you talking about? I've never... Yeah, I I make what tea. Yeah. And they said, oh, better the devil you know. Shrugged (laughs) and walked off. And like,
2: back then,
3: it it wasn't the internet, you know. It was literally um, production books and phoning and faxing and stapling and giving people lots of paper. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Many trees died. So that was initially how I started. And then um, when I left drama school, interestingly... Yes, is the answer about the acting to producing, but more so the writing to producing. So initially I I left drama school and I I didn't get a grade agent or anything Noth- nothing had, was really happening and i was finding it very frustrating sitting around waiting mm-hmm. so um i my my mum who i have a lot to thank for really um did Birth say for one. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a good start it's a good start just yes that was the start of many things um and, and all the people you've could have popped out of yes luckily it, luckily. it, was, it was your her <laughs> yes it was her Joyous, sure, thank you meryn she'll listen to this um and she said, Well, you were always good as a kid. No, sorry, I'll do a New Zealand accent. You were always really good at writing when you were a kid. When you were seven, <laughs> you used to illustrate your own books. <laughs> <laughs> I think you Okay, so I used to write these books and then illustrate them. So, in Amazing. a way, she was right. So I wrote this thing, and the only director I knew in the real world who hadn't directed me at drama school was through a friend of mine. I'll check name him, um, Adam Lees, um, who had worked with a guy called James Erskine. And I don't know if James is really successful now. Mm-hmm. And he had just done some documentaries at the BBC, but for, to me, he was a director at the BBC and I sent him the script and he actually phoned me and said, this is really good. I, I want to make it. Is
5: this like a short film. Or a it was story? a short <laughs>
3: film. It's called the invitation. And, a, and, um, I, he even found producers and everything. And at one point, wow. there was all these famous people that were going to be in it and everything. But the producers dropped out three weeks before we were due to shoot. So again, my mother went. Oh, you used to help me all the time at the office. She'd be brilliant. Why don't you produce it? <laughs> Little <laughs> did she know. These guys are idiots.
1: <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> Correct, so, they are. So your mum's like a
3: manager. Yeah, she? She, your mum's made you a publicist manager. Yeah. Like she's Good. like the ultimate Catholic All-round Jewish mum. woman. Yeah. 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 Um, so I I kind of listened to her, and she went, "Oh, you know, I'll help you a bit." And um, she. Obviously, did, but I'd also done so many telephone sales jobs, being an out of work actor. Mm-hmm. I got so good on the telephone, and I managed to get Sony to sponsor it. And we were the first film to be shot on HD um, that used a Steadicam. Great! And then we ended up being used all the time as an example, and like in trade shows and at Cannes and all that, mm-hmm. as an example of. Um, film like against film so to show how much it looked like film and you couldn't and tell you, the difference perfect oh, yeah, yeah. Right. so and sally phillips was in it and um francis Raphael, and it was um Decent yeah it, was really cast. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't bad first,
0: sure were you first in it as well
3: no okay so this was the thing he uh, james wouldn't let me be in it and i wasn't really strong enough to he's gone to down argue. in my book I he's no. gone down <laughs> 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 to, be fair,
2: to be fair to
3: to be fair to james i mean sally phillips is pretty funny She's, she? very she, she's the ultimate funny lady and um, he is from his perspective he must have been thinking you have just out of drama school I'm not going to really get involved with this unless I can work with proper actors and clearly he didn't think I was well yeah.
0: <laughs> you've proved him wrong oh yes well. Yeah, put in the time since yeah. that's,
3: yeah. it. That's, that's
0: it that's the story that is the is industry, industry, yeah. 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 someone, someone is puts a, you down uh, and you, you, yeah, you want to yeah. fight that yeah, and yeah, you want to keep yeah. going again
3: so that was my actually my first producing amazing
0: and then you you let's talk about um let's talk about sisterhood sure so this is your feature film tell us about it because you're the the lead in this it's it's funny it's interesting tell us a story
3: okay so we had was probably a bit similar to it's a, an ongoing common theme <laughs> with most um, filmmakers we'd got very far down the line with mm-hmm. a big celtic roman film called um to love and conquer i mean we're talking really far like big names attached okay. um distributors wanting it money in place and it was um i think it was called black tuesday when oh. the sale and leaseback fell, fell yeah, through yes, and I don't yes. remember, and the yeah. film literally collapsed and oh. it was all based upon that 40% you used to be able to get in the UK which yeah. damn it you should be able to still but never mind I was devastated I'd been on that film for a long time and eventually, I'm sorry, I can't believe I'm going to say this. My mother went. <laughs> all come, all come your mother.
1: Is your mum
2: available? Uh, <laughs> I, need to, you know, I need some counselling. <laughs> yeah. She's going to love that. Yeah,
3: okay. in, in the show notes, let put
2: a link <laughs> sir, <laughs> lover, to her website. But
3: she literally went, Emily, why don't you do something a little bit smaller where well, we can all just pitch in? we'll just ask, get, we'll have a party, we'll get people to pay for tickets and then we can ask people to put in, you know, £100 there or £50 there and then you never know, just make something. Wow. <laughs> so effectively... Your lovely She was. She helped me arrange this party and we literally had the first crowdfunding film ever made, or not ever made, but sure. in the sense of we had no internet resource. So there was no platform mm-hmm. like there are now and it literally went from... Word of mouth, and um, we raised the money in from fifty-pound portions up to I think the biggest was five thousand-pound portions. Wow! How much did you raise? Well, we rose, we rose, we raised in the end seventy-five thousand pounds, but not really till the end. I mean. All through the process. All the way. Way. Yeah. yeah, so I worked as shooting, out... As you were shooting yeah. it. Yeah, right. so mm. I, I worked out I needed... The minimum was £20,000 to say, right, we can start. Yeah. So I'd written it also to be... Um, so it's, it's set in New Zealand and and in london and so it was all based upon locations i could get my hands on in new zealand my uncle owns a lighting company so it's quite funny when you watch the 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 film (laughs) new zealand's like really glossy and looks like amazing and you Mm -hmm. know and then the london ones which was the greater portion of the shoot it was a little bit yeah, yeah. Dark, <laughs> well, <that's> miserable London, <laughs> Welsh. Also, also Welsh. you know, potentially maybe there's no cranes and there's no, yeah. <laughs> you ah, know, yeah. sliders and stuff like that. So, um, and me being in it was wonderful it was probably the you know one of the funnest things i've ever done um and it was also very good for me acting wise i got a manager out of it and all sorts of things and won an award and got nominated for awards and stuff how did you Um, sell it
0: how did it how did you get
3: it from you finishing it with your money your friend's money and getting it? yeah well it was it it was tough i had contacts obviously because i'd been trying to produce this other film and for whatever reason perhaps hopefully because i presented myself well they were respectful enough to help me out mm-hmm. um so i found a producer's rep um who i'd sort of been working with i wouldn't necessarily recommend that to okay. people out there um but why is that Just, uh, yeah, yeah. um because they effectively what they're doing is your homework for you mm. and um they're finding you a sales agent and then they take commission on top of the sales agent taking commission sure and you've got to really weigh up The usefulness of that. And, um, they also have the often have their own agenda because they're linked with, um, a particular sales company or a particular distributor. And maybe they get a deal with them in some way. There's all sorts of political reasons why they may guide you towards a place. Whereas if you're looking and researching yourself, um, you're much better off. It's really, really tough when you're first starting out, but my advice is to try and get mentored by. A producer who knows better. Mm, okay. And, um, that was also the case with me. I, I was fortunate to be mentored by, um, uh, Joseph de Marais from Blue Dolphin mm-hmm. and, uh, Judy Cunahan through from the other film. And so I had had this advice. I had got a DVD deal for, um, Sisterhood in the UK, but no theatrical. And he managed to book, um, great, it's great fun. He booked, at the small Odeon in Leicester Square and we had it for a week but you know what we sold out we sold out for that week Incredible. and it was brilliant yeah and it was uh because of all the New Zealanders it started and then they heard about it and then they all started coming, hen parties started to come wow <laughs> and then on the last day people were turned away and it was such a shame because it it had snowballed but of course bond was going in the next day so, so we couldn't, couldn't stay and then America got sold both America and New Zealand, Australia got sold by me personally, not by the sales agent. So that also goes to show, you know, so America was through an Internet platform. I was connected to some guy on social networks, something like a LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And he looked at it, loved it and bought it. And then um, uh, same with the Kiwis that I just got in touch with. And they they took it and it had won awards and things by then. So yeah.
0: people there's already a buzz. Yeah. People like, like, yeah. They people.
3: were like and and the humor appealed to americans i think
0: but great so you managed to do that so what did you think from then you were going to carry on producing to be in films or did you what was next what did you do
3: oh good question well stolen really had started to formulate even back then so because it's it's been going for a while i had what was great about sisterhood and producing it meant that i didn't have to do um you know telephone sales jobs anymore yeah so i started to get hired um and my day job became you know often hand-holding first-time feature directors who were on low budgets but had raised the money that was one thing that i just wouldn't do and a couple of occasions i had to go in and rescue them um because they hadn't actually raised enough
1: <laughs> so you had a sort of reputation for being a fixer in many ways or, or sort of facilitating they
3: literally wouldn't Look. know the their ass from their album. Yeah, I mean, I, it would be, oh, I can relate to that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going to tell them how to direct, but I would put in crew that.
2: Yeah, that. yeah, But the, the
3: whole functioning of the upper level of of. Um, crewing up scheduling uh, you know getting sponsors. i'd get them sponsors i'd get them yeah a, a fi- as a producer a fixer yes i suppose a producer yeah. but i would i would follow it all the way through to distribution sometimes i didn't need to i could leave it post um stuff like the tax credit and all that you know right. just, It just it's it's unless you know yeah. what you're doing it, it's um
0: a minefield it is
3: a minefield uh-huh. um and it's um so for me it it allowed me to earn a living from being in the film business and that was really really good for my self-esteem if yeah. nothing else of course yeah. and, I, and I at least enjoyed um, being with uh, other people who were like-minded that
5: period when you're talking about Emily of that work that was when we first got together I remember talk, the conversation where your, your CV was building up
3: well I mean it's crazy well I've produced 11 or 12 mm. feature films that's huge. I mean it really is it's pretty insane. and that, yeah, that's lots, in they? nine years so wow. that's a because I would also i worked out ways of um participating that whether it be on um facilitating finance and things like that too, so there were ways that I uh, could get involved now I'm quite wary, just everybody out there <laughs> who might write to me <laughs> <laughs> um of taking stuff on um unless you know it's because it's just so much work, mm-hmm. and so um. I'm really focused on uh, producing from scratch things that I've written. Okay. Um, or I'm creatively involved in because it it's just you know it's just really hard. But sometimes if it's a co-producer or associate producer thing where I can just help a bit on the side, mm-hmm. then I'm quite open. Do, do we to jump back and get oh, the Yeah, I don't. Beginnings. Beginnings. I don't have yeah. any cool
1: beginnings. Great, I'll well, move on then. Uh, <laughs> I then don't have any cool stories. No, we don't need you. what was your what was your what was your what was the moment? What got you into it? What was the what was the thing that?
4: It's funny what you said about this this person telling you. Um, or not letting you be in the in the film. So I, that's happened to me a couple of times in my life. So when I was at school and I was applying for drama school, um, it was a music teacher at the time, and she told me not to bother. Wow! And um, not to put all my eggs in the one basket.
1: Okay, I've and, had very similar things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, give up yeah. pipe dream. You know, yeah, yeah. And
4: I was, you know, sixteen or something, and absolutely devastated mm. by this person's words. Yeah. Ah yeah and then I thought well fuck fuck you fuck this I'm gonna do it anyway Mm -hmm. Um, and I did and I got in so yeah and that was amazing so off I went I got a musical straight out of drama school and then I got my first film and then that was it. Do so you want
1: a bit of a role, by the way? You know, you, were, you or you just sort of, is,
4: I think, I think it you... sounds better than it actually was. But like, actually, there's you know
2: a mean? lot of yeah. gaps. Because you know what, what it's like as an
4: actor. Well, yeah. and you're never earning much. Are no, you? Oh, yeah. That's like, true. yeah, just the difference between stage and screen acting, and having and, and having no idea. Because this was back in the days where you didn't watch playback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was, you know, way mm-hmm. back. So mm-hmm. I had no idea what was coming out. And God bless them for sticking with me. But yeah, and there's a couple of films <laughs> I did after that, and I watched them back, and I think, how were you? How did someone think, oh, she's great, let's put her in this film, because I was shit...
1: Do you? It's I mean, just, are, do, are you? Were you honestly shit, or do you think no, this was yeah, just yeah. your? No, opinion? I
3: reckon she was. Yeah, I she no, was. I was, <laughs> only because I was too straight out of drama yeah, school. Yeah. yeah, terrible, pretty bad. And yeah. I'm yeah, sorry I will burn bad. any VHS completely. Totally. Yeah. Well, this was
4: before YouTube and all of that yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank God, God. I can find yeah. a way. Uh, find yeah. a
0: way. <laughs> Someone Google Ripple, green lines
4: across. By the way, for the record, Jack the Last Victim turns out really well. Like Phil, Peel the director of that, I mean, he gave me my first, my first opportunity, and it was great. And I'm sorry if I let you down, Phil. He yeah. obviously it doesn't um, feel that way. No, well, exactly. yeah. So anyway, so it just kept going and I was um, kind of frustrated by the kind of things I was being seen for. And, um, and
5: what were they? Why well, we
4: just stuff like sexy girls and like the girlfriends and all of that. And I just thought, this is such bollocks. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm just not at all interested. And once you kind of get beyond um, getting into your mid-twenties where you kind of start to lose your, that vanity... Yeah. That most of us have, where you know, you want to be attractive or whatever. And once you start getting over yourself at yeah. that, I just thought this is just so boring, and I just thought, and this is this is weird. I don't like it, but I don't really know what to do about it. And then, hence, the writing came along. So,
1: um, so you started writing your own, roles, yeah, effectively.
4: yeah. Because I just thought I want to. I didn't know what it was at the time, and now hindsight is a wonderful thing. And what it was is mm. that I wanted to see women on screen that I in Jessica Chastain's words is that I recognise and I wasn't being presented with that with the scripts I was given at the time and I really really wanted to do something about that and also I wanted to have stuff on my reel that I felt was good casting for me rather than um, because I wasn't getting choice I sure. just had to take whatever I was given, and there was like course. some commercials, and I did like a, um you know, the Osuchusa. I did one of those commercials oh, nice. where I was like basically a walking pair of tits, and I just <laughs> thought this is not, and it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was hilarious, and the guys, the, Look, they were well, fantastic I'm guys. A, <laughs> I know, I'm a pair of, of tits. <laughs> <laughs> My big moment, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, so that's how when Hit Girls came about, and uh, again, a similar thing happened to me with Hit Girls. So the first producer who took Hit Girls on was not Rosie Fellner, so she wasn't the first one. So mm-hmm. it was someone else, and he had read the script and loved the script and was like, "What am I? What do I have to do to get it?" And I just said, "Well, I'd like to be in it." And he was like, "Oh, well, um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I've, I think you're probably a good
3: enough actress wow. to do it." And I was like, "Wow! Oh my god! That's
0: horrible." And I
3: nice. was still. So, do you, do you reckon though? I think there's also an element that they're worried, which probably Neil went through as well, that you're going to interfere. With the process, because you're acting, in it, you know, you're in it and, and it can be very. I suppose some people would interfere. That's the thing. Sure, and it can be very difficult, kind of. convince people that. you're
1: probably in a in a dangerous position if you don't know it. I, I it doesn't. I mean, I've mm. often worked with performer slash writers, mm-hmm. and and I like that because you've got mm. a free writer on set the whole time. It's yeah. great. And if it, you're up against it, hey, let's quickly rethink this right now. You know, before. Um, so it works well for me. But some people, I would imagine, think, well, I'm. Basically, handing all of the mm. power to this one mm. or maybe one person. Mm. So maybe that's a that could be a, a, a yeah. Yeah, and one.
4: I think that's a valid concern, and I think that is probably why I don't, I'm not interested in the producing side, even though I understand why going forward I have to be a producer. But if by name but it'll only, be secret,
2: secret producer, know, you know, no <laughs> no
4: no because <laughs> it's so hard to see. Your work being taken by someone, and you know, because we're all, we all think we're precious little snowflakes, and the, you think you've written this masterpiece, and then someone has a different take on it, and that's just how it goes, and that's how, that should that should be how it goes. But you know, I was so young and so green, and and you don't you just don't realise, you don't understand the process, and I hadn't done enough film to understand the process from start to finish either so that was an amazing education mm-hmm. and eventually that all that all didn't happen and then rosie took the project over and then adrian vittoria obviously directed it mm-hmm. and you know we've lost, we lost him last year and he was just the most amazing guy and i learned so much from them watching that and watching rosie go through the process of producing i think it, i'm not sure if it was the first time for her but one of the first times she ever produced anything mm-hmm. and just sitting back and, and taking notes and it was just the most enlightening experience and also that's why I love so much about working with you because She's Emily. To Emily you have yeah,
0: Emily. Emily. Emily not the yes. <laughs> <not near laughs> rest of us. all of you. She did a round table <laughs> point and ended on <laughs> you.
4: Because I couldn't do what you are able to do. I'm not a very good people manager and Emily is the best people manager I have ever seen in my life. Wow. So, you
0: know... You and Alex Ferguson. Congratulations. <laughs> 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 She's a good achievement. We worked together on... Well, how I Met Jillian was on a a, a film called Three Minute Moments, mm. which was a, a, a joyous occasion, a joyous like, speed occasion. dating film which we were in. And then... Which is much more impressive. We worked on Gravity together.
2: Yes, yes, he oh, says, of, course. of course. Yes, yes, oh, uh, I'm the. So, yeah, yeah. Know,
1: so we we did a podcast. Podcast fans. We just we, did, we talked to Mark Sanger, the editor. Right. Brilliant. Brilliant. Which, if you haven't listened it, to, yet. do check out right. episode
0: ten. It's fantastic. He talks about work with Michael Bay and obviously Alfonso Coron. It's wonderful. And we talk about and, he, and but mostly we talk about working with yourself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so did he let the cat
5: out of
0: the bag? Then is that what
1: happened? Yeah, I, I, didn't
0: what? Know, I didn't know. I did. Yeah, he did. I had not really told anyone. in me.
4: Neither. I might have kind of like you know like to trusted people me. said like yeah. yeah, I was yeah. Me, I think, but, but it's yeah. like I all right. I told people. everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I oh, everyone in this room. <laughs> so many checks. <laughs>
1: Hello. Yeah. Because yeah. he was saying that your DNA is very much you know we can quote me said it on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Your DNA is in the movie. I haven't actually
5: explained what what. I oh yeah. Let's go back yeah. explain so, what we're
1: yeah, talking go
4: about. So I. I've known Mark for a while and I actually forget how we know each other but basically, I think I worked on his brother's film first or something like that and then w- we just got to know uh, each Sarah other Vane that way.
1: Famous. That might be... I yeah, think I, think exactly. I think that's Correct. right.
4: I can't remember who, which brother I met first but yeah. they're both awesome. And he sent me this random email one day saying, so I've got this, this thing that I kind of need, like, you know, do you want to come and help me out? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, like, i having no random idea what thing. it was, fine. And uh, it turned out to be Gravity. And...
1: But at the time of course it wasn't gravity, the Oscar winning, it was just
4: coming to be these lines I mean, it was a sci-fi obviously called Gravity. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, like I knew who I knew who the crew were and all that, mm-hmm. so I was very impressed, but I just thought it was. You but know, you knew those... you
5: were gonna be there delivering those lines in the You're the previs.
1: You knew yeah. that they told you
5: you're you gonna be the previs.
4: Yeah, eventually.
1: Actress. So what and what it was was that uh listeners, uh that uh they were had to sort of pitch the film to Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm to get the green light effectively
4: yes but yeah. they needed yeah. to
1: breathe life into ah. these pictures and they needed the so actors delivering right. yeah. so interestingly they had to obviously have a performance there to, yeah. to sell it and I think you guys from what I gather do you know what it was one it. of the most
4: stressful things do you remember at Jax because mm-hmm. we well the NDA was, was next level yeah like I book. mean it was NDA, honestly you've
5: kept to it <laughs>
4: yeah. well it doesn't matter now does it yeah. I think you're okay it okay wasn't our fault it was Mark <laughs>
0: Yeah. Once it comes out, you're all right,
4: right? Yeah. It was yeah, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sandra's, Oscar,
4: <laughs> <the world>. Sandra's <laughs> Oscar belongs to me. Yeah. So
0: because it's set in space, though, the, the it doesn't really count because obviously the the contracts yes. for Earth. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But because so, it's set up there, known the universe. Yeah, the known universe. It's yeah. null and void. Oh, then null and void. Then Why
4: have we been quiet for all these oh, years? Yeah.
0: How long did it take to do to do what? You to do? Oh, I, oh, I can't remember. Not long. It wasn't that long.
4: No, not at all. But I remember sitting. I didn't even have a paper copy of the script. It was literally on a laptop. Oh, wow. And I had to learn it, American accent, and go for it oh, just, and it yes. was, I was just in front of the camera just, yeah. just looking
0: down the lens as if we were de- and it, was, it, it wasn't yeah, a
1: yes. oh these actors are playing these roles doing that no stuff, no no just, we just, weren't
0: you you was really. it was I, well, yeah, at the well time it was it was Danny so
2: yeah. you're see, right I think that's how Mark sold
4: that to me I think he was like oh because yeah, Robert gonna he's going to listen to your voice and I was like oh my god oh my god I'm there
0: like I'll
5: it was Clooney performing to your voice in his ear or by then no no so they
0: got shown the film with us sort of semi-performing it in some way. That
4: mortifies me, I have to say. To
0: to get them to so, yes.
1: and also yeah. I think the
2: Warner's I top mean, brass watched it to, science, so all, to yeah, all sign up Warner's watched it. So yes
0: wow. we'll, we'll do it but not with these two yeah. <laughs> get,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. get those two fuckers yeah. out and then and then we'll, we'll
0: get do those something. two amateurs <laughs> out what was his accent? who gave her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her dad <laughs>
2: <He's>, um, <laughs> because
4: he'd asked me can you recommend someone for the guy and I was like well yeah you know, I know loads of people and i just worked with you I was like Jazz is great why don't you ring him and then the rest, I got just this the rest is history. Just, yeah. yeah, so
0: that's our gravity story. Yeah. So, it Oscar, so winners. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oscar winners. We are technically Oscar winners. I'm
4: just going to yeah. take it. You yeah. said award winning. Excuse mm. yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. So.
0: That, that, I didn't mention Oscar there, but I should, I, I'll drop it in later. The Stolen is out in cinemas now. You can go see it. It's do, wonderful. Do, it's do it. brilliant.
3: Uh, Thestolenmovie.com is all the details for the movie mm-hmm. and the booking. Goodbye.
0: Well, listen, yeah. thank you very much for joining oh, us, all pleasure. of you. Really appreciate your time. Thanks very much. You're welcome.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for pleasure. Us.